This is Paul. This is Wayne. Wow, it has been a very long time. Uh, I was going to say, how does how did that feel? It felt weird. It felt weird. Um, <laughs> it's been at least eight weeks since we've done a funny books, I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we, 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 we took a little uh, break so that we could focus on Star Wars Ahsoka. And I, I thought that time was well spent. But it is time to get back to the serious work of comic book podcasting. It is. I, I feel out of practice. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, you know, this yeah, earlier this week, I'm like, oh, wait, I have to read comic books this week. <laughs> it's the whole getting back and getting the gang back together, <laughs> yeah. you know, uh, montage. Yeah. And I don't know about you guys, but because we hadn't been recording, I got so behind on a lot of yeah. my oh, books. Oh, yeah. Every book we talked behind. about, every every book we're going to talk about this week that isn't the first issue, I had to read at least one of the prior <laughs> issues to get caught up on. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, that's uh, but it, I, it it was nice. I will say it was it was nice getting caught up. It was like a, that, a Rocky montage, just Eye of the Tiger while I sit uh-huh. in my bed reading comic books. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, fortunately, I had some business travel this week. And so, you know, I had that uninterrupted time in the hotel to read. But, you know, we've talked before, Paul, and I can't remember if it was on this podcast or another, but we've talked before about how much I love when you go to the hotel and you can uh, stream, you can use your stream service on their oh, tv yeah. well th- one step better this time they had pluto on the tv hmm. you know and and that doesn't require a sign in and there's there are star trek channels there where you can just watch star trek the entire time and i was like fuck this is great so i <laughs> sat there and i i toggled between you know the original series next generation voyager deep space nine it was great i almost didn't come home it was great <laughs> even though i've got pluto here it was great. It's different. I sat it's there, different read comic that. books, and watched Star Trek. <laughs> it's great. That just sounds great. It was. Just it was si- great. Sitting in, in, in the nice peace and quiet, just uh-huh. watching Star Trek. Nobody's saying, hey, it's time for you to empty the dishwasher. You know? No one's saying, Nobody's are saying, you still watching Star Trek? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> when is Star Trek over? <laughs> yeah. Never. This Never. is the Star Trek channel. That's right. That's right. <laughs> but yeah, it was good times. It was good yeah. times. So, you know, we're recording this on the Saturday before Halloween. Yes. And, Paul, I'd like to point out, my wife doesn't know this yet, but I picked something up while in my travels. Was uh, it a this costume? Week. A penis costume? I, <laughs> I I picked up the seasonal Halloween Bucky's Yard Inflatable. Yes. So I've got the big... You know, Bucky's beaver with the mask and cape holding the pumpkin, which is going to go in my front yard this evening. I'm really very much looking forward to the wife's response to this. So (laughs) the the Halloween inflatable I have is the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. Ah, That's great. You know, it's funny you bring this up, Aaron, because dear listener, the first item on our agenda to talk about in today's podcast is, is, is just Halloween. Um, just the word Halloween. Aaron asked me before the podcast, like, what's that all about? I'm like, you'll see. Well, (laughs) This funny. Is, this is Paul's. This is Paul's feet of prestidigitation, <laughs> right? <laughs> and uh, it's funny because it's about an inflatable. So oh, yeah. <laughs> my um, so my sister's a bargain shopper. Like she goes to the day after Christmas specials, you know, to pick up the stuff that's fifty percent off or more after Christmas. And she does the same thing for Halloween. So she'll go to like Target and send me pictures. Like, do you want this? And so Jen has been long a um long opposed to having a, an inflatable in the front yard. Uh-huh. But my sister got a good deal on one. <laughs> <laughs> so I, you know, so it's, it's like a, an archway 
that says, I don't know, like welcome mortals or something like that. And it's got like little, um, it's, it, it looks like a stone archway and it's got like pumpkins on the side and it's all one piece, but it's an inflatable. I'm like, that's cute. Like, let's do that. I can probably put it up like in front of the front door. Um, you know, and I, I did it this morning right before podcasting. Cause I didn't want to put it up like a month early. Cause right. I don't love the look of like, you know, I, I didn't want just the carcass uh, of, of the inflatable yeah. every yeah, day yeah. for the last month. Right. Yeah, so, I did you do it while she was asleep? So she wouldn't know what you were doing. No. Well, either I was like, she's like, do you need help? I'm like, no, I got it. So I needed help guys because it is 12 feet tall and probably 12 feet wide too. It is massive. I can walk through this thing, this archway without ducking and I'm six feet tall. Um, it is amazing but it is it is monstrous it is taller than the first story of my house (laughs) it is it is amazing i love it and uh you know but it it will leave a mighty mighty big carcass in the front yard for these next few days when it's turned off unless i just leave it inflated for the next four days that's why you know i i hate the inflatable carcass as well and i'm just because i'm putting it up today i'm like i think i'm just gonna leave it on yeah, because I, I really hate the the you know big deflated balloon looking thing in the yard. Yeah. So you just hear and like yourself, I've been opposed to inflatables myself. But like like Wayne, I could totally have a Stay Puff Marshmallow Man. Oh no, I'm not yeah. opposed. Jen was opposed. Yeah. I'm I was, I've been all for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, it's uh, got to be a special inflatable for mm-hmm. me, not not just some generic holiday one. Well, you know, we have a we have a very big Halloween neighborhood. Um, our neighborhood, if you walk through, I mean, it's probably, I don't know, like a mile and a half radius. It's a, it's a new housing development, and they've got different kinds of houses in here. Um, but the neighborhood goes crazy on Halloween. The first year we moved in, you know, we come from a place where where there's not a lot of kids in our previous um, our pre- previous uh, townhome. Um, mostly just older folks, not a lot of trick-or-treaters. Not, some years, no, no trick-or-treaters. So we came here, and we weren't sure what to expect. And we ran out of candy in like five minutes. <laughs> and I wow. had to run to Walmart um, to get before they started egging your house. Yeah, because <laughs> our neighborhood is like a Halloween festival. We uh-huh. probably get, I'm going to say, 300 plus oh, kids wow. trick or treating in this wow. neighborhood. It is it is. I mean, you if you were to first of all, it's difficult to get in and out of the neighborhood because there's kids everywhere on Halloween. Right. But there's like fog machines and inflatables and people playing music. And we sit in our driveway. We've got adult trick or treating because yeah. we've got like um we've got a little cooler with beer that I'm not gonna drink. Yep. <laughs> or or uh you know what are what the um hard seltzers <laughs> that I buy for parties and no one drinks and, and just get rid of those on Halloween. Yeah. I'm, I'm super jealous, Paul. We get maybe forty or fifty kids at most. And last year I missed Halloween because we had we bought all the stuff, we were ready to go, and then we got COVID. Yeah. That's the worst. Well, we sit out in our driveway uh with the neighbors and give out candy. Um I'm on a little bit of a cul-de-sac and we get we we will get a storm of kids for about forty five minutes to an hour. And then after that, it transitions up to much older children and uh, who aren't in costume. So, you know, we shut it down when the, when those start appearing. We turn when, the, the porch light. The hooligans come out. Yeah. The hoodlums. Yeah. The hoodlums. We've <laughs> we've done the fire pit in the driveway before. We've done sitting out on the porch. And uh, now we just stay inside and watch something. And then uh, we'll have uh, like baby gates over the doors. So mm-hmm. when we open them, we don't have to worry about the dogs. The dogs to get running to the people. Out. Nice. Yeah. 
We, um, yeah, we have a TV in the garage, so I'll probably put on something there. Well, I, I, I put the uh, outside, the Bluetooth speakers that I use in the backyard, I move them to the front, and I've got a Halloween playlist, you know, that, that plays all the, all, all the you know, uh, seasonally appropriate music, such as, you know, Michael Jackson's Thriller. Yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> on repeat. That's right. Um, you know, Ghostbusters theme, uh, some, some choice pieces from the Sabrina soundtrack, uh, you know, things like that. Um, and I make sangria for the adults. And so we all we all drink sangria and uh, give out you know, candy for about 45 minutes to an hour and then rapidly hide back in the house. And like Wayne, I, I've got the dogs uh, sequestered in the back of the house so that uh, they can't go charging the door. Yeah, Paul, I don't know about you, but Aaron says uh, appropriate music. The first thing I thought was he's got WAP going and baby got back and <laughs> just WAP. <laughs> That, 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 that's a reference to our other podcast, uh-huh. <laughs> WAP uh-huh. with Aaron and Polly. That's right. S WAP. That's right. So, um, adjacent to Halloween, oh. I got two new Hallmark ornaments for my Christmas tree this year. Uh, the, the first of which, and I say it's adjacent because you know it's the it's the next n- second to the next November first uh, is when Christmas starts. That's right. Uh, but I got the Battlestar Galactica ornament from uh, the '70s show. You know, the, the original BSG. Oh, is, is that super, new this year? It's new this year. It is gorgeous. It I is have gorgeous. not looked out yet to see what new ones are out, but that is one I will be picking up. And I got the Wild E. Coyote as Batman. Oh, nice. Is, yeah, I've seen that one. Which is hella fun. So uh, I'm, I'm pretty excited about the ornaments that uh, will be the new ornaments that will be added to my tree. And then back to Halloween. We have a tradition here on the weekend before Halloween. We choose a universal monster movie to watch. Okay. So like last Halloween, we watched the original Mummy. Halloween prior to that, we watched the original Frankenstein. And I've given the wife a choice of three films. We can watch um, Dracula with Bela Lugosi. We can watch uh, the, the Claude Rains Invisible Man or the Lon Chaney Werewolf. And I'm waiting for her decision. So we'll see uh, which one of those we watch tonight. So I'm excited. We're going to make pizza, watch a Universal Monster movie. It's going to be a good night. Well, that sounds lovely. Uh, doesn't it? That sounds lovely, Aaron. And then we're going to murder children. Yes, and, and burn their houses. <laughs> it's Devil's Night. That's right. But, you know, I well, my, my uh, cousin lives down in uh, Torreon, uh, uh, Mexico. And she was telling me about the uh, Dia de los Muertos festival. And like yesterday was the first day of the festival. And mm-hmm. Wayne, I think you'll appreciate this. And, and Paul, you too. Uh, it, it, the first day of the festival is for the remembrance of, of uh, pets who have passed away. And yeah. I was like, that is super cool. Wow. Yeah. I really like that. Uh, you know, I, I, I like that that's part of the festival. So anyway. All right. Now that I brought the house down. I know. Now that we're all sad, Aaron. <laughs> well, you know, it's been a little while since since Aaron's made us sad. We, we, yeah. We've been we've been we haven't podcasted like Aaron said in probably at least eight weeks. You know, we, we did a, a, a little Batman day one off, but we haven't talked about New York Comic Con, which happened, uh, you know, since the last time we actually recorded this show. Now, you know, there was no real movie news because of the. You know, the, the, at the time, I think there was still the writer's strike. Um, at least the writer's strike is over, but we're still dealing with the SAG strike. You know, I think things are starting to, to happen now, but mostly just it's still the, the, the actors are still on strike. Right. So we're still not seeing a lot of 
movie news. You know, Marvel movies are getting delayed. I think the Marvels is still coming out. I think everything else is, has been delayed. You know, the new Mission Impossible has been delayed. There's just, you know, it's going to be, we're going to have a draft. Are they changing the title on the new Mission Impossible film? Do we I don't know? No. I think, I, I think because the first one didn't do what they wanted it to. And so maybe they're just trying to distance it like, hey, you don't have to have watched the last one in oh. order to understand this one. I'm, so I'm Dead, assuming that's probably what it is. Dead Reckoning didn't make the money that they thought. I thought Dead Reckoning did pretty well. It did until Barbie came out. Oh, fucking Barbie and Oppenheimer. And, uh, Barbie Bastards. and Oppenheimer literally killed everything else at the box office. And Mission Impossible only had like a week and a half before they came out. So, yeah, it, it killed it. OK, that makes sense. Yeah, it's a great movie, but it just. Yeah, it had the unfortunate everything that was released, you know, right around that time really had the unfortunate that, you know, experience of everyone saw Barbie or Oppenheimer or Barbie and Oppenheimer. And that's just that's what people saw. Or Barbenheimer. Barbenheimer. Yeah, I still very much want to see both and haven't seen either yet. Well, now they're both on digital so you can watch them, but you can have Barbenheimer at home. Woo. So anyway, New York Comic Con, right? So obviously not a lot of movie news, but a ton of comic news. Um, you know, first of all, it seems like everyone's getting their own imprint nowadays, uh, which is like when everyone has their own imprint, does anybody have their own imprint, basically? <laughs> um, like what talent is left? So it's it a real existential question you'd ask there, Paul. Right? I mean, uh, deep thoughts here uh-huh. on funny mm-hmm. books. Well, so... One of them is Arcbound, which is a new collaboration between Batman writer Scott Snyder and Tom Hardy, the art, the actor Tom Hardy, because, you know, he's not acting. So <laughs> he, but he can still promote a comic book. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, they, they, there's a, a new series coming out from from those creators, a new science fiction universe that they've created. Um, so th- th- there was that one. Rick Remender announced his new imprint uh, called Giant Generator. Um, you know, and, and when I mean imprint, it's it's not just that Rick Remender's writing books. He's also got other talent that he's bringing with him. Right. Um, yeah. So Rick Remender has a new imprint from I think it's from Image Comics. Yeah, I think uh, it's under Image Comics. Under right? Image Comics. Yeah, yeah. kind of like um, Robert Kirkman when he started yeah, Skybound. Skybound. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. So, but the one that and, I'm most excited about, oh, sorry, go ahead. The only thing I'm going to say about that, what I don't understand about that branding, and maybe that's just all it is, is that it's just branding. But, you know, Image is really creator-owned to begin with. You know, yeah. all the titles there, somebody somebody is the creator of them and they own them. I don't understand the value of the brand underneath it, other than that it's just another way to market the comic. Yeah, if they're making yeah. their own universe under it, I can see. So, like, if, the, for example, Skybound, if all of those books were part of the same universe that are not part of the other image universes. Right. Then I see a point of an imprint. Yeah, I think that's, yeah, it's it's a way to centralize your, your universe. But not all of them are, are connective thread universes. Either. Right. Like, um, Kirkman's isn't. I mean, yeah. yeah, because he's got his Walking Dead stuff there as well as all of his other stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, like he's got a connected universe through Invincible, et cetera, but it's not all the same thing. It's just weird. I, yeah, I don't understand the. I, I kind of get it for Kirkman because he has been so wildly successful. Um, I don't get it for for Remender, who I think is doing fine on his own. I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm sure there's a value proposition there. I just don't see it. Yeah. Well, the big one is Ghost Machine, which is, you know, Jeff Johns. 
he, you know, he's got his his universe, the unnamed universe, um, but he's brought in additional talent. So they announced um, their new imprint, Ghost Machine, which will um, include Jeff Johns, Gary Frank, Brad Melcher, Brian Hitch, Francis Manupol, Pete Tomasi, Jason Fabak, and a, a couple of other um, writers and artists as well. So, I mean, that that also that is the connective universe of the unnamed, but also some additional you know, books that are not connected to the to that main storyline. And, you know, it makes it, it, it what we saw come out about, you know, the the unnamed universe or whatever it's called. Um, it kind of explains why we haven't seen some of the stuff that we thought we were going to see from Jeff Johns this year. Yeah. You know, I, I feel like he's hold he has held a lot of that stuff back to release under this new banner. Yeah, I think so as well. Yeah. You know, and they, but we're, it's going to kick off in April. With a Jason Fabok uh, science fiction book, and I'm I love Jason Fabok art. Uh-huh. I mean, oh, I absolutely same. love his art. He's one of my favorite comic artists right now, and you know he has been not doing much that I can see other than co- than covers. But he's I guess been working on this Rook book, um, and then Redcoat also comes out in Can't April wait. 2024, and that one I'm super excited about. Yeah, well, and Brad Meltzer is going to be writing in this in 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 this imprint, and mm-hmm. you know I really love brad melter's comic book work uh, you know he he's the guy who did identity crisis among other things and i really love identity crisis oh, he had a and, great run on uh, green arrow uh-huh sure did yeah i mean melter melter's got a real knack for writing comic books and he doesn't do it near enough in my opinion uh, i enjoy his novel work as well but I, I really have enjoyed his comic book work so i'm excited about this uh, collection of talent that they're going to have uh, doing these books. I, I think it's, a, I think it's pretty exciting. Yeah, me too. And you know, an, uh, other exciting news that came out of New York comic con, yeah, which was, I will say it was kind of nice to have some, some actual, you know, sometimes the comic news gets lost in all the movie news. Um, so to actually be able to get comic news, right. It's strange to get comic news out of a comic con. Yeah, they didn't. They couldn't talk movies, so they had to actually Ah. talk about comics. Yeah, right. Very unusual. Um, But you know, the Ultimate Universe is coming. The new Ultimate Universe is coming from uh, Marvel Comics, and you know, this time under the the stewardship of Mister Jonathan Hickman. Big Jonathan Hickman. Yep. Um, You know, and you know, one of the things. Yeah. So there's a. I think the first round of books are going to include Ultimate Spider-Man. I think there's an Ultimate. Uh, X-Men, uh, Ultimate, yeah, it's, so it's Ultimate Spider-Man, Ultimate X-Men, Ultimate Black Panther, and then Ultimate Universe are the the four titles coming out. It starts with Ultimate Universe number one, um, but Jonathan Hickman will be writing that one, and he'll be writing Ultimate Spider-Man, and I guess different creative teams on the other books. Uh, Brian Hill and Stefano Caselli are doing Ultimate Black Panther, and Peach Momoko is doing Ultimate X-Men, I guess writing and art. Um, but you know, this ultimate Spider-Man apparently is an older married with children. Yeah. Like adolescent children. So they're not, uh, they're not, they're not wee babies. No. Yeah. That really yeah. caught me off guard. Cause yeah. well, first of all, I thought they were going to end up shifting miles over there and making him the face of the entire new ultimate universe. But that is not the case at all. Yeah. yeah I, it's, it's, I'm wondering what it's going to be, right. You know, obviously ultimate, um, for I read that ultimate um what was that ultimate ultimate invasion mm-hmm. and the universe that it establishes I'm like this is kind of interesting you know, I, like I, the universe that it was established I'm digging that, that book 
It, I, it, it I, is. It's great. Yeah. But yeah. the way it ended, I'm like, yeah. huh, okay. Is this the ultimate universe or is there more to come? Right. Um, Cause you know, it, it comes with a lot of baggage, right? Uh-huh. This, this new ultimate universe. But yeah, the, the, I'm, I'm curious that the Spider-Man thing, I'm like, okay. So because in that, in, in, in the ultimate invasion book, uh, what was his name? The, the evil Reed Richards, the maker, the maker. Yeah. He, uh, he, no, the, I think it's something like that. Yeah. No, it's the maker. Is it the maker? Okay. Well, he kills the, or stops the radioactive, uh, spider bite. Right. Um, and so Spider-Man doesn't happen. So I'm curious as to how the origin works, you know, coming into this new series, because we saw him prevent, the origin of Spider-Man. Um, so I'm, I'm very curious to see what happens. Me too. And it, you know, if it's, uh, you know, it's like, is it, is it basically a universe where, where they get married and, or does he not get his powers to till he's older? I don't know. I'm curious. Yeah. I th- I'm, I'm definitely, well, first, first of all, I'm a big Hickman fan and I liked what he did yep. with ultimate invasion. I like yep. what he's doing with gods. It's nice to have some, some good Hickman back. You in don't the like end, gods? Comics. I thought you liked gods. No, I said I did like gods. Like I'm, I'm, okay. I'm liking what I'm seeing okay. his, his content lately more so than I liked his, uh, his X-Men run. Yeah. I just want a Spider-Man book I can really enjoy. And uh-huh. I did not like the last storylines that they've been doing over in uh, amazing Spider-Man. So, which is a bummer because there's a, there's a gang war. Um, <laughs> crossover coming out in the spider-man books i'm like that sounds right up my alley but i really every time i pick up that book i regret it it's the same off same writer so yeah same no, writer, i'm so excited about this i'm excited to see what they do having a married spider-man i'm excited about and hickman is writing ultimate spider-man so i definitely want to see what he does with it yeah well and finally one of the things i am excited about uh also is action comics so Philip Kennedy Johnson's run or tenure on the main action comics book is coming to an end. Apparently his storyline will continue um, somewhere, but he hasn't announced where yet. Um, But they will instead move to, there's an initiative in 2024 called Superman superstars, which will bring all-star creative teams and kind of turn action comics into more of an anthology book for the year, which I don't love. Yeah, me neither. Uh, um, But it's starting with Jason Aaron, um, and John Timms, uh, artist John Timms, doing a, a three-part uh, Bizarro story beginning in January's Action Comics 1061. I, I have really, really enjoyed this current this Dawn of DC run mm-hmm. on Action Comics. I know you know not everyone loved the Metallo storyline, but um, I liked Metallo. I thought that was I good. Think, I, th- I think Wayne was not a fan of the Metallo stuff. I loved the buildup to it. I thought the buildup was done really well until the actual implementation. Yeah, I am really like so, you know, that kind of leads us into this week's Action Comics issue 1058. I'm really digging this current storyline. Um, so, you know, there is an an anti-alien group that has started in Metropolis. You know, clearly it's it's led by someone evil. We don't know to what extent, but there's magic involved, that kind of thing. Um, and you know, it's, it's, it's basically a hate group, but they've, they've kind of, you know, they're, they're trying to turn Metropolis against Superman, um, and the refugees from war worlds that he's brought with him. Um, and I, I'm, I'm digging it. I think it's a, a well-told story and it is very focused on, you know, not this issue, but the previous issue, there was a whole interview between Clark Kent and the head of that hate group. And it's very, I, I just really like the emphasis on the journalistic 
um, side of things. Yeah, I, I do too. I en- I enjoyed how much of Clark we got to see. I do enjoy how much of Lois we get to see, uh, and I'm enjoying the extended family. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think that's a lot of fun in this book. Um, I do have a complaint about this this particular issue, and it's it's really the last page uh, of this story mm-hmm. that I've got a complaint with because you know. Superman's having trouble with his powers, so John Henry Irons is like, man, I can hook you up. And so they put him, they put Clark into a suit of armor uh, and give him a sword. Uh, you know, the sword because he's, you know, recently developed some skills on, on in his stint on Warworld. But it just seems so reminiscent of the Dark Knights of Steel book. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm just like, what? I, I, this is far too similar. And, you know, I got to tell you, when when uh, John Henry Iron says I can hook you up, I'm like, oh, my God, we're going to see a reintroduction to the Supermobile, because that's the reason <laughs> yeah. why the Supermobile was introduced way back when, because, you know, there was red sun radiation cascading through the solar system that was robbing Superman of his powers. And he had a big Amazo problem, or I'm sorry, a Mazo problem. And, uh, you know, so he, you know, built the, uh, the supermobile out of supermanium and was able to duplicate all of his powers. And no, they put him in a suit of armor that looks like it's straight from the pages of dark Knights of steel. And I just don't like it. <laughs> yeah, and I don't like him with a sword. In, I don't either. On Earth, yeah. like it makes sense on Warworld or somewhere like that. But Superman is a character that specifically doesn't kill, and you're giving him a, a sword killing weapon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something that's designed to, you know, pierce, maim, <laughs> kill. Yeah, I, uh, I didn't. I don't care for it. Yeah, it's an. It was an odd choice for yeah. sure. Um, and how happy Superman looks. Yeah, well, because he, he wants to kill a bitch. Yeah, I'm, I am going to cut some fucker's head off. That's what <laughs> Superman is, looks like in that. I don't care for it. That's how he feels, Aaron. I didn't read the backup this week. I'm going to come back to it. Uh, yeah, I didn't I, either. Um, I, I just focused on the main content, which yeah. I will say I tend, I, I'm finding myself doing that more and more lately. And I, I, you know, I know the back content sometimes has gems. Mostly it's throwaway stuff. Um, yeah. But I'll, I'll get back to it because these these seemed interesting. There was actually a a Keenan story, um, you know the the Superman of what is where's Keenan? Is it China? China. 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 Yeah, the Superman yeah. of China. Um, so I'm I'm curious. I'll I'll, I'll give that one a read. But, um, we don't have it on the list, but I want to I want to mention real quick. Did did either of you read the DC Halloween special? No, because it was like eight dollars or something. Yeah, it was a ridiculously priced book, and uh, but there, you know, a lot of the work in the book was written by Keith Giffen, uh, who died recently, and um, a lot of it was really good. I mean, you know, it's an it's an anthology book, you know, very short sort of vignette kinds of stories. I I thought a lot of it was really good, and a lot of it written by Keith Giffen. I I thought it was nice to see that out there uh, in just the few short weeks since he'd passed away. But here's my my bitch about it. It was it was a ridiculously priced book. It was like nine, ten bucks. Um, the following week, they put it on sale and it was two fifty. 
Oh, I'm like, wow. you've got to be fucking kidding. Me. I wonder if the sales took because that's how I buy these books. I uh-huh. do. I pick up most of the anthologies that are ho- holiday ones, mm-hmm. but I wait for like a year or so and start picking them up ridiculously cheap. I've got all of the Christmas and Valentine's Day uh-huh. and ones from previous years. Yeah, it's still two sixty nine right now. Yeah, I mean, oh, no, wait, I, sorry, sorry, that was 2017 special. I don't know what this year's it's special the, is. It's named. the a very DC Halloween. Okay, I, I don't know, but that sucks. <laughs> I, I, I was wildly displeased. <laughs> yeah, that's a little frustrating. <laughs> wildly displeased. But anyhow, uh, I, I I think Action Comics, the prime story in the Action Comics series right now, is is really entertaining. I like it a lot. Yeah. Well, how do you I know you aren't current on the Flash, but we haven't spoken about it. But, um, you know, the, the new size Spurrier Mike Diodato Flash book uh, featuring it, Wally West. Uh huh. Yeah. It has been a really long time since I've enjoyed a Flash book. Uh, I mean, like, I'm going to say Flashpoint was mm-hmm. really kind of my my last r- time that I really enjoyed the character and how he was handled. Uh I did buy issue two. I wasn't wild about issue one, but it was different enough um, to make me to make me a little bit interested. I like Mike Diodato at first. Let me just say that on the upfront. I really get a kick out of his artwork. Um, I, I think I think he's got a really interesting take on Wally West. I'm just struggling with where the Flash falls in line with everything these days, and uh, you know. It's weird to me that he's a consultant. Um, that just doesn't seem very Wally West to me. Um, I yeah, I, I was kind of on the periphery of the issues going on with his uh, with his wife. Um, I think the last story that I read with her, she was developing powers, and now she doesn't have powers, and she's you know kind of having issues with her husband has powers her kids have powers she's got no powers and the, her powers were developed because she was pregnant with a child with powers and so she was i guess accessing his powers yeah. while he was in utero yeah. but anyway i just there's something interesting about the book there's also something very melancholy about the book and that's not generally why I'm there for a yeah, flash book. and I'm the same, you know, it is very, you know, leaning heavy into the sci-fi, which uh-huh. I'm fine with, um, but, you know, also, like, sci-fi horror, mm-hmm. and to your point, there is a melancholy um, aspect to the book, and a darkness to, to especially with Mike Diodato on art, you know, hi, hire Mike Diodato for your bright, shiny, you know, right. John's flash book, you hire him right. for, for something like what we're getting here, and it's not connecting with me. Yeah. yeah, see, I really enjoyed the last run of Flash until, like, the final storyline or so where I dropped it. But I, for some reason, didn't pick this one up. I was afraid it would be going back to Barry. Out of curiosity, the you said he's a consultant. In the last run, he was working for uh, Mr. Terrific. Yeah, same. Yeah, okay. same. Yeah. yeah. It's, I mean, I will say it's not bad. And it's just not what I'm, what I'm want from a flash book that's right, right. You know, i mean it's this take on it is not necessarily connecting to me and you know my my wally west sweet spot is and has always been mark wade's original run on the flash mm-hmm. you know i mean that is that is right in the zone him picking up the mantle from barry post-crisis that's my wally west and you know we all have our 
times with a character that that's, you know, the the ultimate character for us. Like, you know, I think for the three of us, it's Kyle Rayner on, on Green Lantern. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I so I get that. I get that, you know, where this is something fresh that, you know, might appeal to a different crowd. It's just I'm, I'm having a hard time warming up to it. But there's enough there that I like that I bought issue two. I just haven't read it yet. And, yeah. I'm, and well, I read probably, issue two. And I, I'm, I'm, I think I, I'm I shouldn't say I think I'm out. Um, are you okay which is it's again it's not that it's a bad book i i one i don't like mike diodato art um i know most people on the podcast do i'm i'm not digging his art style and i'm just not digging this take on the flash again it's not not particularly bad the story is actually not even uninteresting i'm just it's a it's a it's like a sad flash book (laughs) and i'm like yeah i I don't want sad wally west again he's been through enough can we just make wally west happy again I, and I, I, Wally West is a character that I like to see happy. I, you know, and the Flash, regardless of who he is, whether it's Barry or Wally or whoever, is kind of an upbeat, optimistic character. Yeah, and I want him light and fun. Yeah, and that's what I'm there for. I mean, you know, Barry is certainly historically a more serious character than Wally, but Wally is, you know, sort of a, you know, sort of sunshine and brightness, and that's what I want. Um, I, I, I'm just I'm having a hard time with the with the melancholiness of it, which is I, really why I bought it, but I haven't read it yet. And after I read it, I may be with Paul. I'm, I may be out, or I may, may decide to stick around for issue three. We'll have to find out. But guys, yes, sir. I got to tell you, if there is ever a book that I am just totally there for, it is Justice League versus Godzilla versus Kong. Right. I loved every panel of this book. Uh, I, I mean, I love the, I, I was excited about the concept when it was announced. Um, I think they did a miraculous job executing on this because you know what this is? This is fun. This mm-hmm. is, th- this was, this was balls out fun. I, I dug the hell out of it. I can't wait to hear what you guys have to say. Yeah. I read this and immediately I want the author of it is Brian. Bucolato. Yeah. Bucolato. Yeah. I want him on Superman. Yeah. He I had actually really, um, he had a pretty good run on Flash with uh, Francis Manipul. Yeah. I think I right after on a, Jeff Johns. I want him on a Justice League book because mm-hmm. this guy writes a Justice League that I want to read about. Mm-hmm. They are friends, and I miss that. I miss that friendship between the characters. It's as Superman. We're seeing Superman getting ready to propose to Lois, and just how everyone's coming together around him. It. I love this book so much. Yeah. Well, and the art on it. I think yeah. it's Christian it's killer is Duce maybe deuce. I don't know. Is the, is deuce. the deuce is, is amazing. Um, you know, I, I, the, the, the two page spreads and the giant, you know, pages of, of Godzilla, especially like, I, I don't know if Christian is a, is a male or female, but he, she can draw a hell of a Godzilla. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I yeah. want a poster of that last page with Godzilla over Metropolis and Superman flying up to face him. Right. I cannot wait. I mean, and you've even got, you know, there's sort of classic depictions of our characters in this book. So, you know, uh, Superman very much feels like the Superman, you know, Green Lantern is Hal Jordan. And, you know, you you, you know that character, you know, the villains because they're classic Lex Luthor, classic, you know, uh, Injustice League. I mean, it Legion of Doom, whatever you want to call them. I mean, all these guys feel like they are iconic. Uh, they're exactly the characters yeah. that yep. you know in your heart. <laughs> you it know? has yeah. that Justice League Unlimited feel, right? It did. That that that, co- it did. that cartoon. It has that Justice League Unlimited feel to it. 
um, just with a little bit more of the the Real alter flesh. ego stuff. Yeah. But, yeah, Aaron, how did it feel for to you to see Gorilla Grodd trying to communicate with King Kong? Uh huh. It was great. It was, well, was and, and Grodd awesome. going God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought that was great. I like this book was fantastic. I've gotten zero complaints about this book. Yeah, same. I, I'm I'm excited for the rest of it. Yeah, I think it's it's a you know when it was first announced, it, it, it like you said, I was excited about it. But the fact that it came out and met all expectations, yeah, just knocked it out of the happy. park. Knocked yeah. it out of the park. I mean, it, it was just fantastic. Just fantastic. You know what else is fantastic? You what know, else how, is fantastic, Paul? I the, am. I got caught up, you know, this is one of those books that um, I didn't, I hadn't read, but I, so I had to get caught up in time for the podcast. J.M. J. Michael Straczynski is writing a new um, Captain America book with Jesus Saiz on art, who, um, if you're not familiar with the name or if I'm mispronouncing it and that's making you not familiar with it, um, he was also the artist on the Punisher run that was just completed by, I think Jason Aaron yes. um, wrote that, that book. Yeah. Um, great art there. But I am loving J. Michael Straczynski's take uh, on Steve Rogers specifically. I, I tell you what, you know, there are essentially like three stories running yeah. uh, in this book. One is the uh, Steve Rogers before he becomes Captain America and just watching him being a decent human being before he gets the powers to back up his uh, his uh, you know philosophy. Um, and that's great. I mean, you know, I love him, you know. I'm 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 going to put myself between you and this person that you're brutalizing, knowing that he's going to get his ass whooped, yep. you know, but doing it anyway, because that's the right thing to do. Um, love that storyline. I mean, every every panel of that story is perfectly written, perfectly drawn. Another story is uh, Steve Rogers, Captain America as landlord and just being a decent guy in the community. You know, and helping people out and, you know, not being a there's this great moment in the first issue where, you know, he identifies that this family is homeless and, you know, he has the 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 father help him out, uh, you know, remodeling the the uh, apartment building that he bought. And, you know, in this book, you know, he's like, hey, I'm, I'm not going to pay. you. I'm going to give you a room here in the I'm going to give you a, an apartment here in the building. You know, and so, I mean, it's just him, you know, uh, giving back, you know, and, and I, I just love that. Yeah, story. it's so well done. And, you know, yeah. him as a super, you know, owning yeah. the building that his mom used to live in before she right. passed away. I mean, it's so heartfelt and it yeah. feels so right. It, you know, it's it, but it's not yeah. it's not saccharine. Right. No. It doesn't feel like you're reading Little House on the Prairie. There is something just so pitch perfect in its tone that it's just earnest i think that's yeah. the word i want to use is it's earnest and that is a quality to captain america that you expect to read when steve rogers is captain america yeah. right and i love the young steve rogers stuff how it all kind of ties together mm -hmm. what he was like as a child isn't necessarily what you would have expected right from what we've seen of him right I, especially in that first issue seeing yeah, you know, seeing him run around so young. Yeah. The third story in this in this series is about the villain. And I have to tell you, in the first issue, I wasn't there for it. The first yeah. half of this issue, I wasn't there for it. And then the reveal. And I'm like, OK, I'm here <laughs> for it. Uh, it is the, the bad guy is a really, really bad guy. <laughs> yeah. 
And, you know, he there is this brilliant scene where guy comes home from work, turns on the light and there's our bad guy sitting there in, in, in the living room. And he he's like, yeah, I hope you don't mind. I made myself comfortable, yada, yada, yada. And what about those 14 bodies under the house? And turns out he the, the guy who lives in this house is a serial killer that the bad guy is recruiting. And the whole the whole point of the bad guy is that he has identified that there are people who arise from time to time who are nexus points. People like JFK, Martin Luther King, Abraham Lincoln, Mahatma Gandhi, uh, all these all these folks who instill hope. And that, you know, are assassinated, but we, we really kind of assassinated them too late. We need to get to them before they instill hope. And that's why he's recruiting the serial killer who's really good at this job. There's 14 bodies under the house that no one's figured out are there except for our big bad. And he is going to imbue him with powers so that he can be about the important work of, you know, murdering hope. And his first target is Captain America. Mm-hmm. I love this setup it is so it is it it is so evil it is so awful you know i i thought for sure like well how are we getting red skull in this book right and on the one hand i love red skull on the other hand red skull is a tired villain and i thought for sure that this was going to be our backdoor villain no no just a completely different awful person who's going to uh you know do terrible things i i'm i I, this book is hitting for me on in all three storylines Agreed. This and it's so cinematic in its storytelling. Yeah. Um, and you know, the so both issues have featured uh guest stars. Um and you know, the second issue had Spider-Man, first issue featured um Tony Stark, but they are introduced in a way that doesn't feel forced. It's you know, like it, it's like here's Cap's daily life. He just wants to take his girl out to a movie and hey, Spider-Man needs me tonight, sorry. Um, or, you know, he, he, he needs to borrow some, he needs to, he needs to get a, um, you know, an advance on his Avengers paycheck in order to buy this, uh, this, this building. And I just think that's so great. I mean, the, the JMS is really doing a bang up job in these first two issues. Yeah. And at no point has Cap walked across America yet. So not yet. And yeah. he's the one who would, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a great book. I really enjoy it. Yep. Agreed. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, uh, Paul. Yes, sir. I haven't asked this in so long. What's right, coming yeah. out next week? Well, <laughs> you know, the, next week is the return of Superman 30th anniversary special. Um, you know, it's, it's been advertised in a number of DC books this week uh, that, hot. you know, they had that death of Superman special that came out last year. Uh, now we're getting the return of Superman 30th anniversary special, which features most most of the same creative talent. You know, John Bogdanov, Dan Jurgens. Uh, you've also got some additional talent uh, like Brett Breeding, who I haven't seen do art in forever. Um, you know, but you know a lot of the same create most uh, most of the same creative talent, living talent from that original Return of Superman. Um, Can I just so. say that it is really unique that so many of those guys are still in the business. Right. Yeah, because because so many guys, you know, in comics only do comics for 10, 15 years and then move on to something else. Something that might be a little bit more lucrative. Um, But, the you know, Dan Jurgens, uh, you know, John Bogdanov, all those other guys. I mean, they're still out there doing the Lord's work. It's still doing art in the uh-huh. same style. And, uh-huh. and it, it, they, their style hasn't not then this is this is going to sound bad, but I mean it in a good way. They still have their distinctive style that they had. Right. 
you know, 30 years ago, right? You can still pick a Dan Jurgens book up and say, that's a Dan Jurgens book. That's a John Bogdano, same Uh, style. It hasn't changed like, like Frank Miller's has or or anything like that. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I think it's, I think they've gotten sharper, they've gotten better, mm -hmm. but you know, it's not like you, they are completely different artists. I I just think they, they have just honed their talents down to a, uh, down to a fine, fine point. Uh, anyway, I'm, I'm excited for this book. I, yeah, I me too. The cover that I've seen for it, it looks really good. Well, also from DC Comics, we have a new Supergirl special, um, like a one shot, I guess, uh, you know, featuring Supergirl. Um, we will have the conclusion of Batman Catwoman, the Gotham War, which I need to get caught up on. Uh, <laughs> I started it. I'm I'm way behind, so I got to get caught up on that one. And speaking of Batman you know, in, in some of the DC books, they have been advertising at the back of the book, um, a new arc on detective comics called Batman outlaw. And, you know, it's kind of, it features Batman and like some vultures, uh, like hanging around him. And the art is just gorgeous. And I'm like, maybe, maybe I'm going to give detective comics a shot. Um, cause I really, really like the art on it. And yeah, hopefully this new arc is, uh, is new reader friendly. So we'll see detective comics. Cool. 1076. But uh, for Marvel Comics, we have the first issue of Dan Slott and Umberto, oh no, Paco Medina's Spider Boy, which is a spinoff of the uh, the Spider-Man book that that Dan Slott has been writing. I'm going to try that first issue out. I think so, too. I, I'm 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 reluctant. I feel like I'm going to be throwing my money in the street, but I'm curious. Yeah, I'm going to give it a shot. And I am also excited to say that Jonathan Hickman um, and Stefano Caselli's Ultimate Universe number one. Uh, comes out, Can't know, wait. which is kind of the, the start of, yeah. of this new ultimate line of comics. Yeah. Excited for that one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So all that and more. Very excited. And, and we're back. So that's right. We'll, we'll, we'll be talking to you all about it. Well, you know, hey, we want to know what you thought about this week's books, what you've been reading while we've been away. Give us a shout at ideology of madness at gmail.com. And if we use your comment on the show, you could win a coveted valuable ideology of madness surprise. You can also hit us up on social media, IOM Geek on Facebook, Instagram, and X. All right, guys. Well, that was a great run through. Let's uh, turn the mic. Let's uh, turn the recorders on, and uh, we'll get this. Done. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We're out of practice, <laughs> but uh, you know, we'll, we'll get it right next time. That's right. All right. Well, good show, guys. Uh, look forward to talking to you all again next week about comic books. Crazy, crazy, I know. And uh, talk to you soon. Catch you later. Bye podcast theme music graciously provided by Mark Andrew Pope. For more information, visit markandrewpope.com. Funny Books with Aaron and Polly is a production of ideologyofmadness.com. No Spider-Man clones were harmed in the production of this podcast.